wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. On today's show, we're going to talk about if the Royals should call up Brady Singer, the Royals announcing their exhibition slate, more players opting out in the Central, and the Royals possibly tipping their hand when it comes to their opening day lineup. Again, if you want to join the Locked On Royals Fantasy Baseball League, get at me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. You can send me a DM over there just saying your ESPN email that you use for your account. That way I can send you an email. If you don't have Twitter, go ahead and email the show, LockedOnRoyals at gmail.com. And then I'll send out those invites on Saturday. So if you guys could hit me up before Saturday, that would be awesome. The draft will be next Tuesday. So that'll be fun to look forward to if you can beat me. You'll win a prize. It'll be totally free to enter, uh, and I'm not very good at fantasy sports, so you're probably going to beat me. So it's going to be a lot to look forward to, but start with the lead topic of the day. I wanted to get to this yesterday, but we ran out of time, and that's why having five shows a week is so good, because we can roll it over to today. So should the Royals call up Brady Singer? And this has been a topic around Kansas City since January. I mean, since he was in camp, and he was still in big league camp whenever uh, coronavirus wiped out spring training 1.0. I've been firm on the side of no. I've been firm on it makes no business sense to call him up on opening day. However, that was whenever the season was going to be 162. So now we have to look at this and reevaluate this question of if the Royals should call up Brady Singer on opening day. So if you don't know... Uh, Right now in the CBA, you can still manipulate service time. I would I would assume that that's going to go by the wayside in the next CBA agreement. But right now, you can still manipulate service time. Let's just go ahead and work on the assumption of the um, prorated service time dates. What this would mean is if the Royals wait, if, if they do not call up Brady Singer for the first eight days of the season, they will gain an extra year of control over him on the back end. Uh, so that six-year clock, if they if they just wait eight days, the six-year clock does not start. And I think that the decision with Brady Singer might might peek into how the Royals view their chances this year, because they've been saying all the right things, top to bottom, manager, GM, players. They've been saying the right things about wanting to compete. And with Brad Keller having COVID, and who knows when he'll be back and who knows when he'll be stretched out and ready to pitch. That rotation was already looking shaky at the back end. And now you lose Brad Keller at the top. You look at Brady Singer and I know it's only eight days to wait. So that would not be the end of the world, but you look at this schedule for the Royals. When you broke it down last week, they need to start strong. 
They just have to start strong in, in July. They have to start strong because in the middle of August, you know, right, right in the thick of August, you're going to see the Twins, the Reds, the Twins, the Reds, the Twins. The best teams you're going to see all season long are going to be back to back to back to back to back. That is going to be a tough stretch, and you'll be lucky uh, to come out of that 500 or better. So you're going to have to have a, a strong start and a strong finish to get to that wildcard spot. And it's still doable, even with that monstrosity of a stretch. It's still doable. Uh, but you're going to need to start fast. You can't start slow, get to that portion of the schedule, and you know predictably lose those games, and then try to turn it around. You're going to be too far gone by then. So you're going to have to start fast if, if this season uh, is going to end in the postseason, which it could. I mean, it very well could. So you, you look at this team, and that's really that's really where you're going to make up your mind with this Brady Singer thing, is are eight days worth it in a 60-game season that you say you're trying to make the postseason? And for you, would a postseason in 60 games, would that matter enough for you personally at home to lose a year of Brady Singer in terms of service time for him to be a free agent earlier, all for a 60 game season uh, where you might or might not go to the postseason. I think right now I would still sit at no, don't call him up. Even though you need these games out of the gate, even though he's ready to pitch in the big leagues, I think despite all of that, the extra year to me is worth more. So I've softened my stance since January. Uh, in January, I would have been I would have been irate if Brady Singer was on this roster for a 162-game season. I would have been irate. But if he's on the opening day roster for a 60-game season, uh, it's, it's much more understandable. I wouldn't be as upset. But personally, if I'm making the decision, if I'm making the call, if I'm dating more, there's no way. I will wait the eight days if I'm dating more to save that year on the back end. Because even though the postseason is realistic this year, it is obtainable this year for the Royals, it's still not expected. It's still not something that we as fans will will care about. In the sense of, if the Royals do not make the postseason, you are not going to riot at Kauffman Stadium. You're not going to be upset if the Rose do not make the postseason. However, you could be retroactively mad if they don't make the postseason, they still call up Brady Singer on opening day, and then they lose him a year earlier than they should have in free agency. Whenever this team's going to be good. Because this team is building something, and they're going to be good sooner rather than later, and that's part of why they could make a run in 60 games. But I'm still betting on that extra year for Brady Singer. Uh, we'll see him in Kansas City on day eight of the season, and he'll be pitching, and, and everything will be right with the world, I think. But again, my, my stance has softened a little bit on this Brady Singer nonsense. If, if he is called up opening day, okay, I can, I can live with that. I can see that, uh, and we'll just embrace whatever this season will bring. Uh, but still, if I was making the call... I'm going to go ahead and send him down, or not down because there's no minor league season, but I'm going to go ahead and wait the eight days out before he pitches in the big leagues. So let me know what you guys think about Brady Singer. Would you call him up right away? Would you do like me and just wait out the eight days that we get that extra year on the back end? Again, hit me up on Twitter at Ryland underscore style. So after the break, we're going to talk about 
the Royals setting their scrimmage schedule and also some more opt-outs within the central divisions right after this. So the Kansas City Royals have announced their exhibition schedule. This took a long time for this to come out there. We have exhibitions starting on Saturday between the, uh, the Mets and the Yankees and I believe the Nationals and Phillies, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but nonetheless, the Royals will start their exhibition slate on July 20th and 21st against the Houston Astros. I don't understand this at all. I, I don't understand how uh, baseball can say how seriously they're taking this, these precautions, how seriously they're taking coronavirus. And then, you know, they go as far to say we're only going to play games within the division. So we're only going to play within the Central, uh, AL and NL. We're going to play within the East, the AL and NL. You, you do all of that, and, and you get praised for that. And, and I agree with that decision, uh, but you turn around and you still have the Astros coming to Kauffman Stadium for two games? For an exhibition for two games? This is like when colleges are canceling non-conference games. Uh, so you're saying it's only going to spread uh, you know, in, in non-con games. You're going to be just fine uh, whenever you're going from Lawrence uh, to you know, West Virginia. Uh, that trip is okay, uh, but God forbid, you know, you go from Lawrence uh, to, uh, you know, s- some small Missouri college. It doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't. I-, I don't understand how the Royals can play the Astros for two games in an exhibition, uh, but they can't play the Astros when the season started. I would have liked to see the Royals just go ahead and play the Cardinals three times. And I don't know if maybe the Cardinals were not playing ball, were not wanting to play the Royals or what happened there. Uh, I'm not sure how the Astros got in the mix. It doesn't make much sense to me. I'm sure that these teams are going to do everything possible uh, to make this as safe as possible. Uh, But it just feels like an unnecessary trip, an unnecessary, you know, an unnecessary obstacle. Going from Kansas City to St. Louis is one thing. Having Houston go from Houston to Kansas City is a totally different thing. And I know that they're going to be traveling to to Seattle, and they're going to be going a lot further in the West. But that's the bet that they made. And why why are we changing up the divisions now in the exhibition? But once once opening day is here, we can't do that anymore. That's what I don't get. It's why we can do that now, but not when the regular season hits. So July 20th and 21st will be at the K against the Astros. And then July 22nd will be in St. Louis to wrap up exhibition play against the Cardinals. All games will be televised on Fox Sports Kansas City, uh, both in the exhibition slate, these three games, and in the 60-game season. There's only one game in the 60-game stretch that is not on Fox Sports Kansas City, and that is because it is on National Fox. So you're going to be able to watch every single Royals game this year. That's not a surprise, but the deal seems to be done between Fox Sports Kansas City and the Kansas City Royals, so it should be good to go for the rest of this season. I want to talk now, as we wrap up the show, uh, about a couple of opt-outs in the Central, and this is what I've been talking about of a wacky 60-game season. Not only is it a small sample size, which we never work with in baseball. In baseball, it's all about accumulating a big sample size. Now you can be good for 60 games and become a playoff team. And it helps you out when guys like Michael Kopech and guys like Jordan Hicks opt out. Now for Jordan Hicks, 
He's a, he's a Cardinal, so you're only going to see him about six times. Uh, you were only going to see him a couple of times a year, obviously, because you're only going to play the Cardinals six times. But he's had Tommy John surgery. He's a type 1 diabetic. Him opting out makes total sense, and we have the exact reason why he opted out. Uh, and obviously needs to be respected. Uh, but him opting out does not necessarily change the pathway for the Royals. Maybe you steal a game against the Cardinals you otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, but I, I still think that doesn't change the the momentum for this for this Cardinals Royals series. Michael Kopech though, a guy for the White Sox who was going to be a stud, also recovering from an injury. We're not sure what all went into his decision, but it should be respected as I've said all along that these players have to do what's right for them individually just as you have to do what's right for you individually. If you don't feel comfortable going to the store, if you don't feel comfortable uh, walking around, you know, and going to a Chili's, uh, don't do it. Stay at home. And if you do, uh, then then the risk is on you there. Uh, so these players should be respected for what they want to do personally. Uh, so I, I do appreciate both guys having the courage to opt out because these are two guys who have not hit the big payday yet. They are not financially secure yet. And so this is a bit of a risk to go ahead and opt out and lose this year altogether uh, and, and delay your service time and delay uh, your ability to earn money uh, by a year. Now, for Jordan Hicks, he has a clear reason that the diabetes is a, the, uh, being a diabetic is a further risk for coronavirus. So therefore, it's protected under the agreement to where he's still going to get paid and get service time. Uh, we're not sure about Kopech because we're not sure exactly why he opted out. Uh, as far as I know, recording this podcast right now, uh, but I'm sure that you know it, it took a lot of courage for both these guys to to go ahead and opt out. But for Kopech, I mean, the White Sox lose a stud starter, a stud pitcher, and that's a team I thought was going to be a surprise pick. And you lose a stud starter to, you know, opting out of the season. You have one or two injuries along the way, and you're told you'll you'll your entire season is different at that point. So the opt outs are something to continue to monitor here. Uh, as we get forward, you know, throughout this postseason, you know, throughout this season and things like that. I did want to touch on the Royals yesterday having their inner squad game uh, on Monday night. They rolled out this lineup, which I think could be their opening day lineup. They put out Whit Merrifield leading off, Mondesi in the two-hole, Hunter Dozier, Jorge Soler, Alex Gordon, Michael Franco, Ryan McBroom, Nicky Lopez, and Hernandez, and starting pitcher Danny Duffy. I think that that's probably going to be your opening day lineup, short of, you know, Salvi being ready. It seems like Cam Gallagher will take a lot longer to get ready than Salvador Perez, who, you know, Perez was tested positive on the 4th of July, so he should have more time to recover from this. We'll see whenever he gets activated. But that's pretty much going to be your opening day roster, your opening day lineup, I think, because O'Hearn, again, is out with COVID. Uh, Keller is out with COVID. Both your catchers are out with COVID right now and Perez and Gallagher. So that's pretty much what you're going to get. And you look at that lineup, and let's just go ahead and, and put in uh, you know, Perez, because we, we know he's going to be there. You look at this lineup, and you've got Merrifield, a very talented hitter. Mondesi, a guy who's going to break out. Dozier, an all-star. Soler, a slugger. Gordo, who's going to give you professional at-bats and always starts hot. And in a 60-game season, there is no second half to fall off from. Frank, Michael Franco, who I've been very high on since the signing. I, I came on this podcast the day he got signed and said, look, this he's going to turn it around in, in Kansas City. He's got power to play in Kaufman, and he's going to get that change of scenery he needs, and he's going to perform very well in the Central Division. So I love Michael Franco. And then you have McBroom or O'Hearn, who everyone is throwing at first base. I like both those bats from spring training. And then Nicky Lopez, who I've also said is going to break out this season. I've been high on Nicky Lopez all season long. And then you go from Perez at catcher, who you know what you're going to get from Perez uh, every day. 
an improved bullpen, uh, an improved starting rotation. Still not a good rotation, but an improved rotation. Uh, the bullpen is, is is much improved. I would say that they're an average bullpen right now. Uh, maybe can play above average uh, in a shortened season. So I really enjoy this Royals team. I think that they're going to be very competitive. Now, they obviously will not have the chance to lose 100 games, obviously. Uh, but I think that you're never going to look at this team uh, and go into a game feeling like there's no way they're going to win it. And a lot of that is helped out by their competition. A lot of that is helped out by the Twins being the best team you're going to face and the Reds being the best team you're going to face and it being baseball in general. Uh, But you're never going to feel totally overpowered this year the same way that it felt the last couple of seasons in Kansas City. And I cannot wait for the season to get started next week. Again, exhibition play starts on Monday. Uh, You can still watch their inter-squad games on YouTube and things like that for the next couple of days until we get some actual uh, exhibitions against other major league teams. Uh, From last night's game, Duffy looks good. Bobby Witt Jr. looked really good, and we're going to talk about him tomorrow uh, because I think that he deserves a whole uh, segment on the podcast about Bobby Witt Jr. So we'll talk about all of that tomorrow. Again, thank you all for listening. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Hit me up if you want to join the ESPN Fantasy Baseball League. Be good and be good to one another.